Chapter Ten of the Wishing Horse of Oz by Ruth Plumley Thompson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Beth Thomas. Chapter Ten: The Witch of the Black Forest. Dorothy and her companion were too stunned to answer, and in two thumping steps the owner of the voice was upon them. Do you dare to defy a member of the Invincible Black Watch? breathed the stranger, grasping Pigasus roughly by the right wing. No, no, we don't exactly defy you, squealed the pig, flapping his other wing frantically. But how can we follow a blackguard whom we cannot even see? Then how do you know I'm a blackguard? demanded their captor suspiciously. From your voice, screamed Pigasus, jerking this way and that way in an effort to free himself. I'd know you for a blackguard anywhere. Unhand me, you surly black monster. You talk a lot for a fellow who cannot see, scoffed the guard, tightening his grip on the pig's wing. Is the girl blind too? We're not blind at all, and why should we be in this horrid black forest? How could we see? cried Dorothy, her indignation getting the better of her fright. Well, what colour are your eyes? Dorothy felt the hot breath of the guardsman on her neck as he leaned over to find out for himself. Blue, he murmured in evident puzzlement. And the pig's eyes are blue, too, so that's the reason. What has colour to do with it? grunted Pigasus, growing a little calmer as the conversation progressed without either of them coming to actual harm. Everything, explained the guard impressively. In the black forest, one must have black eyes to see. See? Even a pig should know that. Well, I suppose I could run into a tree and black my eyes, sniffed Pigasus bitterly. But thank you, no. I prefer blue eyes. And now, if you will kindly conduct us to the edge of this deep, dark, dangerous, and disgusting domain, we'll be pleased to go, leave, depart, and bid you farewell forever. Oh, keep all that for Gloma, drawled the guard indifferently. I'm a plain man and prefer plain language. Furthermore, no one leaves this forest unless they break the black laws. If you break the law, you are cast out into the utter and awful light of eternal day. Now then, come along. And giving the pig's wing a cruel tweak, he tramped doggedly forward. Pigasus, to save his precious feathers, was obliged to come, suiting his gait to the guard's strides. The best thing for us to do is to break the law at once, he whispered mournfully to Dorothy, as he blinked about in a desperate effort to penetrate the gloom. Dorothy was too depressed to answer, and after clearing his throat several times, the blackguard began to question Pigasus. Why the wings? he asked inquiringly. I've seen many a farmyard creature in my day, but never a pig with wings. Are you a pig or a kind of baloney bird? What right has a pig to wings? Let go and I'll show you, puffed Pigasus, hoping the fellow's curiosity would cause him to loosen his hold. But the guard only laughed at such an idea. Let you go? I should say not, he exclaimed with a little chuckle. You can show all your little tricks to Gloma, and she can decide whether to ride or roast you. This girl on your back will make a splendid slave. Slave? shrilled Pigasus, stumbling angrily along in the dark. I'll have you know she is a princess of Oz and lives in the palace of Ozma of Oz. Then why did she not stay there? observed the guard reasonably enough. Anyone coming into this forest comes under the rule of Gloma, witch of the Black Forest. Witch? coughed the pig as Dorothy, tightening her clutch on his neck, almost choked him. 
Yes, which, repeated the forester calmly. Now then, hold up your heads, you pale and pinky skins. You are in for a good blacking. And before Pegasus knew just what was happening, the ground slipped away from under him, and he and Dorothy were plunged into the rough, chilly waters of a tumbling forest stream. Striking out with all four feet, Pegasus managed to breast the flood, when he felt himself and Dorothy being forced completely under. As a matter of fact, the guard swimming beside him had simply put his hand on Dorothy's head and pushed her and the squealing pig beneath the surface. As they rose, gasping and sputtering, he again seized Pegasus by the wing and pulled him quickly to shore. There, now you're all right, he boomed heartily as Dorothy rolled off the pig's back and began shaking the water from her eyes and hair and wringing out her dripping skirts. Just blot yourselves on the bank. B blot ourselves? gurgled Pegasus, giving himself a violent shake. Do you take us for letters? You, you'll be sorry for this but right in the middle of his angry sputters, he gave a loud and astonished squall. Dorothy! Dorothy! I can see! panted the pink pig exultantly. So can I! cried Dorothy, running excitedly towards him. But everything looks black. Everything is black. Even you. Oh, oh, you're perfectly coal black, Piggins. Am I black too? Of course, answered the guard in a bored voice. And much better so. Since you are black yourselves, you can see in the dark like the rest of us. And what do you think of our forest now? But Dorothy, instead of telling him, held up her shiny black hands, touched a few strands of her perfectly black hair, and then dropped her head on the pig's shoulder and began to weep bitterly. Like drops of ink, the tears coursed down her ebony cheeks, and though Pegasus did what he could to comfort her, she continued to sob as if her heart would break. Well, I must say, I call this ungrateful. The guard shifted from one foot to the other. What's the matter with you anyway? Black is a splendid colour. Doesn't show dirt, doesn't fade or streak. Besides, it's against the law to be any other colour in this forest. How dare you blacken us against our will, burst out Pegasus furiously. Wait till I get loose. I'll, why, I'll tear you to pieces and pitch you into a tar barrel. Oh, don't make me snort. The huge black forester stared contemptuously down at the winged pig, and now that Pegasus had a better look at him, he saw the folly of his threats, for the black guard was well over six feet and lean and tough as black leather. Evidently feeling he had wasted enough time on the pair, he gave them a very black look, and jerking the pig's wing roughly, started walking stolidly through the forest. Never had Dorothy felt so blue, or rather, so black and blue, so wet, so discouraged, so thoroughly miserable. And when, sticking out her tongue to see if it was still pink, she discovered that it too was black, she began sobbing softly to herself. No one will know us any more, she decided dejectedly. We're as badly off now as Ozma and the others. Why, oh, why did we ever come into this terrible forest? She could feel Pegasus sniffing with sympathy, and suddenly realising that she was not behaving very well, she straightened up. After all, she still was a princess, even though she was black. Princesses did not cry when they were captured and enchanted. Ozma was probably in a worse fix than this, and if Ozma was being brave, she would be brave too. So, with a great effort, Dorothy stifled her sobs and began to look around her. To her surprise and astonishment, she discovered that the black forest was not dark and gloomy as it had seemed before, but really quite beautiful. 
there were many shades and degrees of blackness in the trees and flowers that thickly carpeted the ground. Blackbirds twittered musically in the branches overhead, and every now and then a deer peered timidly out at her from the woodsy depths between the tree trunks. The guard, glancing over his shoulder and catching her interested expression, ventured a smile. Why, he's not bad-looking at all, thought Dorothy with a pleased start. And maybe this witch may be a good witch. Her name sounds rather pretty. Quite comforted by these reflections, Dorothy whispered a few rhymed remarks in the pig's ear. Pegasus, it must be confessed, was as interested in what he saw as Dorothy, and when a sudden break between the trees revealed a great black circular wall with a hundred black flags floating from its many turrets, he gave an involuntary grunt of admiration. "'You are about to enter the royal circle of Gloma, witch of the Black Forest,' announced the guard, raising his hand solemnly. "'I trust you will conduct yourselves in a fitting manner.' Oh, "'Don't worry about our manners.' shrilled Pegasus, tossing his head airily. We are accustomed to royalty and move in exclusive circles at home. And talk in circles, too, muttered the guard impatiently. Well, well, do the best you can and bow three times as you approach the throne. Throne? queried Dorothy, slipping off the pig's back so she would not have to talk in rhyme, for what she had to say to the black witch was very serious indeed. Is Gloma a queen? Certainly our witch is a queen, a bewitching queen retorted the guard, taking Dorothy firmly by the hand and tightening his hold on Pegasus. Now then, smile and look pleasant, and perhaps she'll allow you to be her slave. She wouldn't dare make me a slave, cried Dorothy, trying her best to pull away from her captor. Just let her try it, blustered Pegasus, scuffling unwillingly along on the other side. But paying no attention to their struggles, the guard lifted his foot and kicked three times on a black ebony door in the wall, and a tall watchman, dressed in a black leather suit, admitted them to the royal circle. It was all so different from what Dorothy had been expecting, she almost forgot her anger. Enclosed by the black marble wall was a strange and enchanting garden. Now, Dorothy had never seen a black garden, nor dreamed one could be so beautiful. Here, sable willows mirrored their feathery branches in long, shining pools. Here, black plum and cherry trees flaunted their fragile black blossoms. And jet-black fountains sent their smoking waters high into the quiet air. Vast, satiny expanses of lawn were dotted with a hundred beds of dusky roses, tulips, velvety pansies and daffodils. Built all around the circular wall was a low but sumptuous black castle. And seated on an ebony throne... At the centre of her stately black garden was the black queen herself, looking, Dorothy was thankful to discover, much more like a queen than a witch. Gloma's face was sweet and serious, her hair fine and glossy as a raven's wing. She was dressed in a trailing robe of black chiffon that billowed in lacy clouds around her feet. A sparkling crown of jet and long jet earrings were her only ornaments. On each side of the black queen crouched a sleek black leopard, and behind the ebony throne stood ten tall foresters with gleaming axes. Like headsmen in a medieval history book, thought Dorothy, as she and Pegasus were dragged rapidly forward. Gloma, gazing dreamily into a black crystal set on a marble stand before the throne, seemed entirely unaware of their presence, till the harsh voice of the black guard announced them. Hail, black and imperial majesty, called the guard deferentially, approaching the throne. Two prisoners. A pig and a princess, whom I found wandering unlawfully in our forest, 
and whom I took the liberty of blacking. Dorothy, jerking away from the guard, was about to explain how she and Pegasus had lost their way, when Gloma jumped to her feet with a sharp, agonized scream. Blots! General Blots! What have you done? panted the Black Queen, beating her hands wildly together. Your stupidity has ruined us all. You have blackened and insulted my most dangerous and mortal enemy. Go, leave, be gone, and never darken my doors again. Oh, why, why did you do it? Why have you brought her here? After all these years, must I too be destroyed and obliterated? Sinking back on her throne, Gloma covered her face with her hair and began rocking backward and forward in agitation and sorrow. Why? Why, I believe she's afraid of you, puffed Pegasus, twitching his tail with excitement and interest as General Blotz, looking quite dazed, began to move unhappily toward the gate in the wall. Quick, he grunted as the ten foresters back of the throne rushed forward to surround them. Do something, Dorothy, while she is still afraid of you. Make her unblacken us. Tell her to set us free. Hurry, hurry before she discovers you are only a harmless little girl. But Dorothy, only half listening to the pig, boldly thrust aside the foresters and ran over to the Black Queen. "'Why are you afraid of me?' asked Dorothy, speaking rapidly but distinctly. "'I did not come here on purpose. Pegasus and I are lost and need your help.' "'Help?' shivered Gloma, shrinking as far away from Dorothy as possible. "'Why should I help you? Are you not Dorothy, the mortal girl who destroyed the powerful witches of the East and West?' "'But that was long ago,' explained Dorothy breathlessly, as two of the Queen's henchmen seized her roughly by the arms. "'And they were bad and wicked witches. Why should I wish to destroy a good and beautiful witch like you?' "'Do not listen to her. Do not let her touch you. She means to destroy and ensnare you,' hissed the foresters as they dragged Dorothy away from the throne. "'Down with all mortals! Away to the dungeons with her! Wing the pig! Chop off their heads!' At these loud, savage cries, startled faces appeared at the windows of the Black Palace, and struggling in the midst of the foresters, Dorothy heartily wished she had taken the pig's advice. "'Shall we take off her head now or later?' puffed the fellow who had hold of her left arm. "'Now!' roared the axeman who had hold of her right. "'Stop!' commanded the Queen, rising suddenly. "'You cannot harm this girl. Do you not see the star of protection on her forehead?' At these words, the woodsman stared fearfully down at Dorothy, and sure enough, shining in the centre of her black forehead was a pure white star. Pegasus, who had not noticed it before himself, gave a grunt of relief and began kicking out in every direction. "'How about the pig?' yelled a forester, leaning down to rub his shins. "'Shall we take off his head?' "'If you dare touch Pegasus!' screamed Dorothy, resolved to use the powers she was supposed to have. "'I'll turn you all to bats and beetles and horrid black ants!' A breathless silence followed Dorothy's threat. The foresters still kept their hold on the prisoner, but at as great a distance as they could manage. "'Do as you wish, comrades.' The tallest of the axemen solemnly broke the silence. "'But I'm for letting them alone. I've never been an ant yet, and I don't intend to begin now. Come, away to the dungeons with them. This is not for us to settle with axes. It is a case for witch-work.' "'You are right.' The queen, who had been standing motionless as a statue, took a decisive step forward. "'Take them away, but not to the dungeons. Take them to the dark room in my imperial palace. They shall see what happens to those who defy Gloma, witch of the black forest.' "'Aye, aye, they shall see,' 
muttered the foresters, pushing Dorothy and Pegasus roughly along ahead of them. End of chapter 10